0: Smart politics for stupid times. Welcome to the unprecedented podcast with John Aravosis and Cliff Schecter.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Thursday, June third. John Aravosis here with Cliff Schecter. And well, hey, John, hey, Cliff. you didn't give me my chance for my usual. Hey, John, how are you? What's well, you know, because I we've got a guest today, and I thought we would keep the schmoo- our own schmoozing down a little okay fair <laughs> normally normally Julie Cliff and I sort of we sort of have fun talk about the morning's news and all the crazy stuff but but we have to be serious that we have a serious guest today that's all well, i do not serious. serious
2: I'm not You're- serious I live in an animal house there are more animals in my house than I than people
1: oh really what what do you yeah. well I'll, I'll introduce you in a minute but what animals yeah. do you have
2: I have one dog and five cats
1: Oh My wow. are just, the
2: cats are overrepresented in this.
1: So you outdid me. We
0: have four cats and I thought we were crazy people. I like it. <laughs> wow. And I say that in a positive sense. We, I, I, I love our cats. So
2: I love ours, too. Most days. I love them, too.
0: Well, of wow. course, there's always those moments. <laughs>
1: well, our, our guest, if you perhaps could guess by the voice, those of you from Texas is uh, Julie Oliver. Uh, Julie, I'm guessing from everything I've seen, you're in Austin, Texas. That's correct. Okay. Julie's in Austin. Um, she is the executive director of a nonprofit called Register to Vote, obviously a timely issue that we're going to get into. Um, I thought Julie's background was particularly interesting. Um, well, you ra- she ran for Congress twice of the House uh, in, the, in the Austin area. And Cliff was wondering, actually, is that a uh, gerrymandered area? Is it the usual right. where, where they, they it's like, hey, it's Austin, but we added in all these rural
0: areas outside where, you know. To completely I called, go ahead.
2: Yeah, I called my district the Alabama of Texas congressional's because I got a little <laughs> bit of Austin and then about 200 miles of rural Texas, there almost all the way to Fort Worth, just shy go. of Fort Worth.
1: Okay. Nice. So, yep. Yep. There's our our favorite. Um, But Julie's background is interesting. I was telling her before the show, she reminded me a bit of Gloria Felt, who we've had on before, who was the former president of Planned Parenthood. But let me tell you a little bit about her background. And then Julie's going to tell us a little bit about what she's doing now. And then we're going to dive into voting rights and filibuster and George P. Bush and all the fun stuff. Um, Julie dropped out of high school. uh, This is from her bio, lived in abandoned buildings, became pregnant at 17, Uh, before going on to finish high school with her baby daughter, putting herself through college and law school with a young family and going on to a career in health finance and nonprofit accounting. And as I said, uh, recently ran for Congress uh, twice, but just ran again this last fall, lost to uh, the Republican incumbent, who, as we said, is in a super gerrymandered red district. Um, And Julie has a new group she's launching next Tuesday or announcing next Tuesday, that maybe you can tease a little of what it is without ruining your big announcement totally, Julie.
2: I would love to. So um, after the election, I I was looking at, you know, what went wrong, especially here in Texas. Everybody was looking at Texas as the hope for the nation, and obviously that didn't materialize. And so in my own quest of, I guess, grieving through the, the loss, but also trying to figure out what went wrong, one of the things we were prohibited from doing in 2020 was actually knocking on doors and talking to people, which I did in 2018 and made huge right. inroads in this district. We couldn't do that in 2020 because of the pandemic, and we wanted to honor science and, and right. public health. So I went to Georgia after the election and Canvas block walked for Warnock and Ossoff and it was a wonderful experience, absolutely wonderful. And it it kind of renewed in me that, that sense that we have to get back to square one, old school campaigning, talking to people. That's how you make a difference. Right. And so even though I'm the executive director of a nonprofit called Registered to Vote that does help folks get registered to vote, we want to launch um, a, an initiative out of this nonprofit that connects people um, on their porches, having conversations with them. So it's partly deep canvassing. Um, and without giving too much away, we we have another strategy that will uh, increase turnout based on the issues that are real that have broad public support, like right. marijuana decriminalization and um, you know moving towards green energy economies. So, right. yep. So, is it
1: the Cliff? Let me just ask real quick. So, am I maybe hearing in your description that you are going to try to replicate a little bit of the Stacey Abrams magic in Texas?
2: We are going to try to, I mean, I I feel like that is a formula that works. Ours is going to be a little bit different. What I liked about and really appreciate about how Stacey Abrams uh, launched Fair Fight uh, was that she was trying to get people, having conversations at doors about the Affordable Care Act and what that would mean, expansion of Medicaid in Georgia. In having those conversations, she realized a lot of people weren't registered to vote. So she started getting folks registered to vote in getting people registered to vote, she realized that uh, Brian Kemp was not actually adding folks to the roles. So that's what started the legislative action and the legal action. And right now we're not focused on legislative or legal actions. Um, We're really focused on that conversations and connections with people. You know, we've not lived in community for a year. Community moderates people. We have not been living in moderated times for, you know, 15 months. And so we're hoping that we can empower people to be part of this process, take back uh, our democracy from the hands of the, the very few who have tried to wrest it away from us and um, really bring some common sense back to, to, well, I don't know if politics ever had common sense, but at least po- common sense and, and, and kindness uh, in our interactions with each other.
0: It comparatively, had common sense. In other words, politics has always been politics, but right. there were times where we, where we took it more serious. We, we seriously, we you know, we had more serious people engaged and people yeah. who, who weren't just out there to be, you know, the iconoclast to get attention to get on, you know, cable and Twitter. You know, I'm, I'm describing, of course, right. your one of your senators, Ted Cruz, who I'm not sure that he actually beyond the the the, the fact that I loathe his politics, I don't know that he actually does anything. Besides just being a Twitter troll, and it seems Greg Abbott is dangerously close to being exactly the same thing, so it 's good that we have you on because again, if there, there's no place I think that's more of a center of this right now than Texas with what they 're trying to do and with what you know we could talk a little bit about your state legislators courageously um, le- you know uh, not allowing there to be a quorum yeah um, so that uh, so that that terrible bill couldn't be passed, and maybe should that be a a, a model for what couple of senators who are wimping out should be doing as well as other state legislatures around the country?
2: Well, what, what I just can't, truly cannot understand from the two senators who are unwilling to, even if they don't want to abolish the filibuster, reform it, right? The Republicans have reformed it a million times to suit their purposes. Right. Yes. What I don't understand is we have a very limited window of being able to enact some things that would actually be really, really helpful for people in our country, right. and that window is—I mean, we're now less than well, we're probably you know, uh, 17 months away from our next election, midterm election. And you know, if we want to pass HR1, S1, if we want to pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, we have to be able to get it passed through the Senate. And right now, uh, we have two two Democratic senators that are playing along with the Republicans. They might as well be wearing the Republican jersey, in right. my opinion. And no they 're not courageous; they, they lack a spine. they 're putting a, a parliamentarian procedure above their elected duty as a senator, and yeah, I think they should take a page from uh, the playbook of what Texas Democrats just did. They exercised courage in the face of getting arrested by oh. Texas Rangers and DPS. They exercised courage and left.
0: And, right. and the amazing thing to take it a step further, we're obviously talking about Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema. And we've talked about them both on this show before that you need to use different sort of carrots and sticks and different methods with them both because Joe Manchin, you know, sadly he's, if we, we, he's gone, we're going to get some sort of jabberwocky like beast from West Virginia. Right. I mean, as much as I want to go, and I do think we need to pressure the hell out of him. It's not like we can primary him and get something better. But Kirsten cinema in Arizona that we just won you know, we just won its electoral votes. We've won the other Senate seat. Mm-hmm. We, we won the Secretary of State. We won a couple other statewide positions with people all more progressive than Kirsten Sinema. This is a state that clearly is moving to the left. Like, there's just no reason we can't well, have a well-funded primary. To, to, I mean, she, to me, she's the, the embodiment of everything. I mean, if you can't tell, like, I loathe her because I look at her as our Ted Cruz in a way. It's all performative. You know, is. it's all like, look, what I'm wearing know? my, um, oh, look, I'm wearing my edgy wig. Look, I'm wearing my, my, you know, my boots, and look, uh, you know, my fuck right. you ring, and and you know, it, like that's everything that she's about. It's not about actually doing anything. Right.
2: It's not, and it's too important an office to view it as a, you know, Kardashian, uh, you know, clown circus, and and it should be a serious office. We were just talking about this. Politics once upon a time had a, had a serious error uh, uh, about it. And because very serious things are are happening and you're talking about impacting people's lives. It, you're talking about the difference between offering people a living wage and not offering them, you know, are offering them starvation wages. You're offering health care or denying them health care. I mean, people's lives are literally on the line. Greg Abbott today um, said that he was going to... Um, Make sure that any child care facility in Texas that is licensed by the state of Texas will get that license revoked if they have any undocumented uh, migrant children, undocumented and unaccompanied. So these are unaccompanied migrant children who don't have parents here, who don't have family here. They're in the care of of the federal government right now, probably with foster parents. And if a foster parent needs to have child child care for that child and puts them in a daycare, Um, he just said he's going to revoke the licenses of those childcare facilities. That's cruel. It is so incredibly cruel. So there should be an air of seriousness to what the Senate is tackling. And we have such a short window of time to actually accomplish something.
1: Julie, what I got to say is like some, I mean, I grew up in Chicago and lived lived in DC for a while and I just, I sometimes just don't understand. I want to say the South, but I realize Texas almost has kind of a unique you know, a little uniqueness to it. It's not. It's not. You know, Alabama, Mississippi, whatever. Bunches the, <clears throat> the South. But you know, over the years, I swear, I look at Texas politics, and sometimes I just, I don't. Sometimes I just don't like your state. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it, it's like Tennessee. Tennessee is way worse. Tennessee, just boy, the Republican Party there could not do enough evil to gay and trans people and everybody else. I mean, all the time. Well,
0: then there's, then there's, then there's the know. friendly hat store that sells the Jewish stars, which I oh, appreciate is that, is
1: that, much. Wait, oh, I forgot that. That's actually Tennessee, uh, isn't it? Really it's, it's not that. just wow. in
0: Tennessee. I mean, the, the irony of all of that, yeah. I mean, I guess irony may not be the right word, but, you know, it's of course it's in Nashville, which is probably the one liberal spot besides right. maybe a few college towns and whatever in Tennessee, yeah. Memphis too, I should say. So, like, it's not even like they're doing it she's doing that in rural you know, Tennessee somewhere. She's right. doing it in Nashville, which in any right. case doesn't really matter in them because now every hat company, every hat distributor has yeah, broken yeah. she got in trouble. she's she's right. she's toast. But in any case, right. go on.
1: What's, so I guess my question is is, you know, is it that I mean, is Texas just this sort of oddly divided state where you've got a really strong sort of progressive movement? I mean, we people did think you guys were gonna win this last election. You didn't, but you got close, versus this kind of right wing Trumpist
2: thing? Our, I would say that our state is incredibly polarized right now. Um, and, and honestly, I say that because I think the Republicans have, have just gone, they've really gone off the deep end. If they can imagine something that is cruel, um, they will try to enact it. If they can imagine yeah. something that disenfranchises people, they will enact it. Um, you know, we have an indicted attorney general. For, he's been indicted for fraud. And the FBI is investigating him for using his office and incurring favors from donors. So, I mean, that should tell you something. I mean, it's, you know...
0: It's incredible to me. I don't want to cut you up, but just to say quickly, there's no law that says, at the very least, the top law enforcement officer in the state, if they're being (laughs) investigated uh, and and have been, forget investigated, if they've been indicted, that they have to step down. It isn't just an an accusation anymore. He has been indicted... (laughs) It's incredible.
2: Yeah. That means a grand jury found probable cause to bring charges against him and actually have a, a trial. Incredible. Right. Yeah. So it is. It's a it's a very strange state. I know Texas. Does, I've lived in Texas my entire life. My parents are actually from Minnesota, but I, I could consider myself a native Texan. Right. And I do consider us part of the South because we it feels so backwards. Uh, it might as well be Alabama on some days. Um, and I'm grateful for my progressive allies in the state who are fighting the fight and not giving up. And right. in fact, I felt like giving up the day after the election in 2020. and I'm grateful I went to Georgia to see you know what could happen when you actually um, when you actually fight for for what is right. And you know, I will say the Republicans in the state school us. Constantly, and when I say schoolless. they're schooling the Democrats. They are relentless. They fundraise year round. They look at every election as a presidential. They look at a, a municipal runoff election as a presidential election. Democrats don't. It's like, okay, there goes the general election in November. I guess we have 18 months to hibernate yeah. before we need yeah. to get active again. And that's what I'm trying yeah. to shake people awake, say, no, we cannot sleep anymore because this is we're at a dangerous point at this point. We may not have elections going forward. So wake up, get involved and do something.
3: Well, if you ever catch yourself thinking when looking in the mirror, I wish my under eye bags would just go away. You're not alone. Bags and puffiness under the eyes are a problem for millions of American men and women. Until now, introducing my new favorite, the new Cell Serum with Plant Stem Cell Technology from Chamonix. Susan from New Jersey wrote me, I've been using Cell for a couple months. The puffiness around my eyes is gone. Even the crow's feet and small lines have disappeared and haven't come back. I love this product. I use it under my eyes, around the cheekbones, and on my eyelids. With its instant effects, Chamonix says you'll see results in the first 12 hours or your money back. They guarantee it. Order now and save big on Genucel's risk-free introductory offer. Go to lovegenucel. slash stephanie. That's G E N U C E L for an instant ten percent off your order. Order now, you'll get the amazing Genucel X V face cream when you order the exclusive Genucel most popular package at checkout. That's lovegenucel. dot com slash stephanie. Lovegenucel. dot com slash stephanie.
1: Can you maybe tell people briefly? Because even for me, I, you know I was following what was going on over the last week or two with the voting rights legislation that were the I should say the Jim Crow legislation the Republicans were trying to pass in Texas. I know it got killed temporarily um maybe tell people what it is, how it got killed, and also why everyone's worried it might come back in a few months
2: so it was Here's Senate bill seven, Senate bill seven House bill six um they both the House and the Senate introduced different versions, slightly different versions um The Senate bill was far more egregious, and that is the one that um, pretty much went to to conference committee and was going to be up for a vote. It was going to limit the number, uh, limit the hours of voting. I will say Harris County, in which Houston sits, did some incredible things in the 2020 election to make voting easy for people. They expanded hours. They had 24-hour voting centers. They had mega centers, so they rented out, you know, basically, uh, uh, you know giant like stadiums, stadiums yeah. right yeah so that you wouldn't have a line you wouldn't have the six hour line and guess what it's only in the black parts of town the brown parts of town that have these six and seven hour lines it's never in the affluent white sections in texas that have lines like these so they tried to make it very convenient and guess what turnout was exponential in houston and the republicans got scared so they're trying to do everything they can to limit hours Even souls to the polls, which is a huge, you know, it's a nationwide effort, but after church on Sundays, where black congregants would go immediately to vote. And typically, if you have a state that has early voting and on Sunday, it would be seven to seven. So they're trying to limit it so that uh, polls wouldn't be able to open until one o'clock, well after the time church lets out. Um, Armed poll watchers could be inside of facilities where people are voting. Armed, meaning they are carrying guns. And an election judge can do nothing to stop. And now victim.
0: they don't even need a permit to carry those they guns, which is nice to too.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. They can look over your shoulder and see who you were voting for. They can get out their camera and take photos of who you were voting for. That's insane. Um, yeah, isn't? it's insane. Yeah. And and then, you know, one of the most egregious provisions of the bill that happened in the middle of the night, last Thursday night, was that a judge could overturn an election based on allegations, no evidence, just allegations of fraud. So if you had an activist judge, an activist judge could absolutely overturn the election without having to provide any evidence that there was actual fraud. Um, One of the other things that they were going going to do is... um, limit how people could turn in voter registration forms. So voter registration forms in Texas, I don't know if you know this, you have to be deputized in every county to, that means you go to a one hour class when it's very inconvenient. And if you want to get people registered to vote and you're not deputized, you get it. It's a state jail felony. So if somebody goes to, let's say the secretary of state's um, website and pulls up a voter registration form and types in all of their information and prints it out, that was going to be illegal. It had to be handwritten. And I will tell you, one in 11 voter registration forms that are handwritten are tossed out because they can't be read. You can't read the handwriting. Hmm. So if they printed them out where it was completely legible, um, that was going to be illegal. Right. It, I mean, it's again, just ridiculous. They're not There's even no hiding reason. it. Right? No. it
0: it's, it's not even... I mean, it's so obvious at this point didn't the Texas bill also have I mean, this is incredible to me. I don't know that it it, it couldn't pass constitutional muster, but it it reminds me of the one in Georgia, you know, those ones where they make it most obvious. Like you can't give people water if they're dying of thirst and they're in line. Didn't the one in Texas have like you can't transport more than two people to the who are not in your family? Like yes. now, the, so these people that are attacking vaccinations and like, oh my God, Bill Gates is putting a chip in my arm so he can watch TV via my forearm yeah. and, and you know, know where I am at all moments. But now we're saying that if you don't get permission from the state, they can say you can't travel with more than two people not in your family. Yeah. Like right. you For don't the, have free. I mean,
2: that's the insane. The party that's so anti-regulation, these are just incredibly onerous <laughs> regulations that have absolutely, they serve no purpose. Of course and you're talking about this could increase liability for bus drivers who drop people off at a bus stop outside of a polling location because guess what the bus driver is doing transporting more than two people who are not family members. How does that make sense?
1: Oh that that was bizarre That was just no,
0: that to me that, there's always the one or two things they do that stick out that make the whole I mean it's always kind of obvious anyhow what they're doing I'd say very obvious but they just sort of fully give away the game. No. And like to me, it was the water thing. Like, even if somebody is, let's say, somebody doesn't have the right to vote and is standing on a line, and it turns out when they get there, oh, they didn't have the right to vote. What does it have to do with giving them water or not yeah. giving them water? Right? Right. You know. And, and here, so you're gonna now you're gonna let legislate and regulate my my movements, where I can go and when I can go there, whenever You you guys who act like like you know the government's gonna knock down your door any minute. I mean what what does that have to do i mean it's it's just they're just in such bad faith. they're such bad people I don't they know are what they're else bad to say. actors
2: they're bad actors, and it's you know it they want to regulate Democrats, they don't want themselves regulated. It's as easy as that that's it of course
0: yeah, it took for me a while, you know growing up and like learning all this sort of what the Republican ideology was. And I had to relearn, you know, everything and learn that everything they say, it, it only, you have to add four white Republicans at the end, right? Like, <laughs> like less government, four white Republicans.
2: Okay, baby- let me, I'll give you all an example of how bad it is here in, in Texas. Um, mm-hmm. So I am helping out a young man who's running for city council. He's in a runoff in Grand Prairie, Texas. It's right between, it's a suburb between Dallas and Fort Worth. It is a major- overwhelmingly a majority minority city. Only twenty one percent of the population is white. Right. If their city council is represented by seven white Republicans. Is it out Latino? Of nine- may I ask?
1: What? What is a Latino town, or what's the uh, forty?
2: About just under forty. 40- Sorry, my God. I love you the dog. In the Did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh yeah. Um, uh, forty Cute.
2: about forty five percent Latino, twenty uh, three percent African American, eight oh. percent uh, AAPI. And no. so to Caucasian very, the, right. the Caucasian white population is clearly in the minority. In Wait,
1: this. Can, can I ask just because I don't yeah. I don't know Texas. Well, do you have much of a black population in Texas? I always imagine you being more of a Latino state.
2: We are far more of a Latino state. Um, we have okay. I think our, our demographics are such that we only have about 12 percent of our state population. Um, but but there are pockets in communities that are black communities.
0: Okay. Because right. that's what I was the big cities, though, are very
1: heavily. Right. Yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. Are they OK? That's interesting. OK.
2: Yeah. So it's and I will tell you that the the white Republicans in Grand Prairie are, you know, having like I mean, you would have thought that there was an invasion in their town um, because this young black man made it into the runoffs and they hate it. And I've, I've never seen such vile, racist uh, material as I have in this election. And I went up to Grand Prairie on Memorial day to block walk. I will tell y'all holidays are great days to block walk because people are home. Um, and there's a huge interstate that cuts through Grand Prairie I-20 on the interstate is a billboard that says China Joe has to go. And on the other side of the billboard, so half and half on the same side, China Joe has to go. And the other one was uh, Trump Pence 2020. I mean, This is in an area that has an 8% AAPI community.
1: Right. Asian American Pacific Islander. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Um, Should we talk about our buddy, George P.? Sure. So this is George P. Bush, who is Jed's son or Jeb's son, right? Yes. Um, He's, uh, I'm trying to remember, was his mother Latino or what? She is.
2: Yeah, that's correct.
1: Where from, by the way? I mean, what's her what's her what's her ethnic background as far as Latino? Well,
2: I'm not sure of the ethnic background, but they just are. Curious. You know, I think he was raised in Florida.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. No, I just was curious which yeah. branch of Latinos the mom came from. I'm going to Google this because, as we know, if you're Cuban, for example, you tend to lean a little more conservative. <laughs> but uh, anyway, but yeah, tell. Yeah. So what what's up with him? He's talking now about. Uh, well, he is, I guess, running for state attorney general. He's clearly looking to be on his way up and fully embracing Donald Trump.
2: Yeah. He, um, you know, he, Ken Paxton has done, that's our indicted attorney general. Uh, So he's running against Ken Paxton, who, by the way, out of, I can't remember how many um, voting, this was in 2018, the voting fraud cases there were in Texas, of which there are very few, the only one Ken Paxton um, prosecuted was a Black woman named Crystal Mason.
0: Try to remember while that. While she was
2: still on paper, she didn't know that she couldn't vote. She was almost uh, done with her probation. The only person that he uh, prosecuted was a Black woman. And out of, again, out of he doubled his staff in 2020 to try to find voter fraud, found 16 instances of minor uh, mistakes that were not. Uh, uh, intentional, 16 minor cases of unintentional um, right. signing something wrong and no, no jail time for anybody. But so that's who Jeb Bush is running against. Right. And right. Um, you know, Republicans are no longer Republicans. If they try to just be the Republican of, of his uncle or his grandfather, I'm talking about George P Bush, you will not get elected. You have to fully embrace Trump and his authoritarianism and, um, his racism and his sexism and you, you have to fully embrace that or you do not have a shot at winning a primary people will vote for a guy who's been indicted for fraud over somebody who's who would try to come across as just being maybe an old school Republican. I don't know what this I don't know. What the problem. Not sure that they were ever decent, but
0: yeah, I mean, you know, there were some. I don't know in Texas as well, but certainly like back 20, 30 years ago, there was a vibrant, moderate Republican wing. And obviously you could disagree with them on a whole sorts of things, but I, at least like sort of they were trying to govern. They had a philosophy. I mean, that's my yeah. opinion anyhow. You yeah, know, they had unlike- principles for sure. Right. Unlike they may today's, have been
2: misguided just, principles, but yeah. Right. I think they were wrong and I
0: wouldn't have done yeah. things, you know, here and there. I certainly would have tried to find common ground with them because we're a democracy and it works better, it, you know, if that can work, don't get me wrong, it doesn't work today, um, you know, and whatever. But, you know, they there at least was something behind the philosophy of we should govern it. We just want to do it in a more market-friendly, business-friendly way, as opposed to now, which is just throw your hands up and yell a lot of crazy things and conspiracies and do nothing. Right. I mean, Texas being the best example where, you know, you've got an electricity grid that has failed and you've got a pandemic that's awful. And like, they're, they're talking about trans, you know, people using the wrong bathroom in their opinion, or, or, uh, you know, making sure that, that criminals don't have to get background checks to carry guns into your daycare center or, you know, stuff like that. The important stuff that obviously people really need.
2: In case oh I took you God.
0: off track, I'm sorry. Yeah,
2: no, it's okay. So George P. Bush, I mean, both he and Ken Paxton are trying to curry favor and get that endorsement from Trump. Right. And you know, if I would really, if I could be a little um, unkind, but they can both go to hell, as far as I'm concerned. I'm sorry. It's, um, I mean, you have to, you have to disavow your family, and that is what George P. Bush has done, is yeah. disavowed his family.
1: Well, he literally um, did that. To, did you see today? I don't know if I had retweeted it or not. I can yeah, find I if saw I'd, it. But his uh, his I don't know if it was a cozy or whatever you call the little thing for your beer. But on yeah. the back of it is a Donald Trump announcing his his run for attorney general of the state. And on the back of it is a quote from Donald Trump saying, you know, he's the only good Bush, basically.
0: And you're just I mean, just to me like, that's, like, it's I mean, I mean, it's incredible. Like the lack of incredible. the lack of of like. Pride, the lack of sort of—I mean, yeah. lack of shamelessness. I mean, I—I already I, I tweeted it too because I mentioned so many people forget. Everybody remembers the attacks on Jeb and George, yes, right, yeah. George W. Right. But actually, he attacked this guy's dead grandmother and grandfather. I mean, Barbara when Barbara came out for Hillary back in <clears> sixteen, George George wouldn't say it out loud, but we found out later that he privately voted for Hillary. Uh, and I'm talking about George Senior, right, right yeah. before he passed away. Um, and 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 Trump attacked Barbara and George yeah. H W Bush. This kid's grandparents, who he grew yeah. up going to going to you yeah. know Kennebunkport with, and all that. Like, so his dad, his grandparents, his uncle. Like, there's just I mean, clearly the, the only thing you can find in today's Republican Party is nothing is sacred but power. Nothing, family, uh-huh. forget it. Country, who cares? You know, yeah. I mean, like none of that matters. Just power. Which there's a, there's a, a system of government that that goes nicely with that you know it, yeah it's it, it, <laughs> it's it, it, it was based on the the italian fist with the sticks known as a fasces. <laughs>
2: yeah oh it's it's uh yeah so welcome to the wild west of texas
1: yeah so, um, um oh, sorry ahead, john no, no it's okay i was just trying to think of what um did we well did we sort of go through the voting thing, filibuster. What, I mean, are, are you thinking of running for Congress again? I mean, do you sort of have long-term goals on still getting into Congress or what are you thinking about that in the end? So, obviously, you know, you get your Or any office, yeah. I would say.
2: It's, I will say it's, it's very challenging for me to think about like running again in a very gerrymandered district. So the, the answer is absolutely not when it comes to, you know, 212 miles of Texas and traversing it and putting 40,000 miles on my car, each election cycle to do it. So, that is a hard no. Um, people have asked me, like, Julie, will you run for mayor? I, you know what's funny is I'm not even a little bit interested, for me, in city politics. I mean, right. I'm interested in who's elected. I'm interested in the policies they put forth. But that's not something I'm interested at all in running for. Um, if I ever run, it probably would be for Congress again. But for now, I, I really actually love what I'm doing in, at Register to Vote. And I love what we'll be launching next week. And it feels like I'm still part of the campaign life, but without the stress of being the candidate. So it's it's kind of a really nice balance of, of both. And right. we I don't know what the lines will look like. You know, we're not going to get lines likely until early next year, uh, congressional right. district lines being redrawn. My hope is that if we do actually get two uh, congressional districts here in Austin, I think Lloyd Doggett has mentioned he wants to run again. Right. And I hope Wendy Davis will, and I will... Um, fully support her. Um, I love Wendy, and I think she would make a fabulous legislator at the congressional level. that's in level.
0: the Chip Roy district, right?
2: It was. In 2020, it was. But who knows what it's going to look like in 2022.
0: Right, because of what they do. I mean, there's no doubt that we, um, there's no doubt that that you know, in some of those races, sadly, because the mm-hmm. Trump deplorables turned out that seem to only turn out when he's on the ballot. And I really do think, you know, when you were talking about your group earlier, I meant to say how important it is the door to door, because I really think that because we took public health seriously right. and the other side didn't. In Florida, in, in Texas, it, even Arizona, we won in the end, but Arizona in a lot of places like that, there were a lot of folks, you know, particularly Latino, Latina folks who some of the, the conspiracy QAnon garbage that they were piping their way via Facebook and other things that we could have undone some of that damage if we could have, you know, touched Absolutely. people personally by meeting with them and talking to them. Agreed.
2: Um, yeah. I mean, I had I, people were, you know, Roger Williams, the guy I ran against me okay. saying that I wanted to defend the police and live in chaos, nothing could have been further from the truth. I want to live in a safe society, but I also want to be safe from police violence. And um, you could you have know. made
0: that point if you met with people all over again and again and again right. and undone some of that damage as Wendy Davis could have. And people across, I mean, I saw this, I worked in a number of congressional races. You know, I have a firm that does TV ads and PR and I worked in a number of key swing races last time. And I, I saw that kind of damage across the country. It wasn't just there, you know, right. I mean, it was in the Northeast. I mean, I did some work on, on the race that we sadly lost in, in Staten Island, Max Rose, who was a congressman, I did some work, you know, in a few other places. Gil Cisneros out in California through an independent expenditure group, and they were able to really clobber us on a bunch of this stuff, and and we didn't have the normal means of responding because we weren't going door to door.
2: Um, exactly, and I will say that I think that you know, again, when it comes to political strategy. Democrats really should take a, a page from the playbook of Republicans because they do have a political strategy down. It's for evil. We need to use it for good. Yep. But, you know, yep. think simple things like visiting, having a big candidate go visit a population. I will say, I think one of the things why Trump was so popular is because even though it was not safe from a public health perspective, he did these rallies and came to people's towns. And, you know, he went to South Texas for crying Out Loud and that meant something to people like, wow. He came to Um, my town and um, and a lot of folks,
0: sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to
2: say in South Texas, you know, I was speaking with a a state rep from South Texas on Saturday and he said, Julie, you know, we feel disconnected from the rest of the state because we have the King Ranch, which is a multiple thousands of acre ranch here in Texas. So the King Ranch separates South Texas from the rest of Texas. And he's like, and nobody comes to visit us. Because, but when somebody does, that means something to the people here, and they will pledge an allegiance to that person. Right. So that's what we need to be doing. We need to go visit people. Biden needs to be doing these rallies, just like Trump did, um, if it's safe to do so.
0: Yeah, I think the rallies are are important, and I also think the, you know, again, like the door to door and the mm-hmm. the advertising and meeting people where they are, not saying, well, you should be watching this, but finding out where people are getting their information. You know, I mean, the most infamous case I can think of in this, you know, and I don't mean to be taking people far afield, but if you listen to the show, I assume you're interested in in political races too. Is there still are folks who will say, and this is this hurts a lot, that Rick Scott would not be senator from Florida if Bill Nelson, the then senator who lost in like what ten thousand votes or something in 2018, Uh had been willing to do a an ad in Spanish. And show up in some of these communities. Meanwhile, Rick Scott was going to like inaugurations yeah. in Colombia, So the Colombian community <laughs> could see a picture of him there. Right. Like, yeah. you know, it, it, why we wouldn't do those things and, and talk to those populations is crazy Cliff, to me.
1: Julie is going to need to leave like probably in 30 seconds. <laughs> you gotta oh, know she's got she's got something yeah. in five minutes. She's got to run to Julie, maybe just sort of sum up, uh, tell people where they can find out more about you. Yes, yeah, please.
2: Well, I, um, our, our website is registered to That's register the number two, not the word two, but the number two vote.org. Um, and, and then stay tuned We're um, I have a social media, so I have Twitter and Facebook and you can follow me at, at Julie Oliver, Texas or TX. Okay. Yep. And so we will be launching something next week and I'm so excited about it y'all. And I, I can't even wait. I wish I could tell y'all the biggest part of it that we're going to use to drive turnout. Um, But they're very, very popular issues that outperformed Biden in 2020. So we will be working on things like that here in Texas to get the populations that have been underrepresented, underserved and truly undervisited out to vote in 2022.
0: Fantastic. I just found you on here. Yep. Julie Oliver, Texas. I'm following you right now. Everybody else should. Um, And, you know take seriously what she's doing in Texas, because Texas is the type of state with its size that can change the whole ball game for us.
2: Well, I will. Can I, can I share one final thing with you? On yeah. here? I don't have to Yeah. But... four minutes. One of the last uh, things that I did um, before I went to Georgia, as I looked at turnout across the state in all of our 36 congressional races. And what was the saddest thing to me is that our safe democratic seats, congressional seats, federal congressional seats in Texas had the poorest turnout and the lowest voter registration rates in the state. Not the same with safe Republicans. They had high turnout, high voter registration. So our safe Democrats are not doing the work. And if each one of those safe Democratic seats had pulled in 50,000 more Democratic votes, and I'll give you context. I ran in the Alabama of Texas congressional's. I got 60,000 more Democratic votes than a guy who sits in a very urban area between Dallas and Fort Worth. So if each one of them had just gotten 50,000 more Democratic votes, this would have been a state that went for Biden. I know that sounds like a lot. It actually isn't. It's just they truly underperformed, truly underperformed. And that's sad. And we're going to change that.
1: Okay, Julie. thank you so much. Julie Oliver. uh, You guys can find her on Twitter or Facebook and stay tuned in the news next week to find out what her new group is and what they will be doing. All right, Julie, thank you. We'll definitely have you back. Julie, thanks day so day much for your time. time. Thank
2: you. I appreciate bye. it. Thanks bye. so much. Bye bye. Bye.
1: Bye. Oh, very good. Um, yeah, no, be interesting. I mean, we know a little bit about what's happening next week, but we I
3: don't want to lose. Like, wow. Well, we know hey, a little John bit
0: more. Know John knows bit. knows the secret scoop here, bit, but little he little just bit. won't tell you. Exactly,
3: too- well, have I ever mentioned to you what a carnivorous beast my mom is? She loves steak and burgers, right? We grow up on them. I've never seen her so happy when I sent her Omaha Steaks and Burgers for Christmas one year. Holidays around the corner, finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift, guaranteed to be loved. Go to OmahaSteaks.com right now and enter Stephanie in the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For ninety you'll get 24 entrees, like the world-famous bacon wrapped filet mignons, chicken breast, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use the code STEPHANIE, you'll also get an additional eight Omaha Steaks burgers free with your order. We've all heard the reports about shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Order the perfect gift package today at OmahaSteaks.com. You'll get eight free burgers when you enter the code STEPHANIE. Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. That's OmahaSteaks.com. The keyword is STEPHANIE. OmahaStakes.com. So, um,
1: so you know, I was just looking at the other news, because people like our little news roundup we do. I mean, it's it's a lot of crazy stuff. Nothing big, big, just a lot of crazy, horrible stuff. I mean, I mean, other than COVID, which again, doing great on the COVID thing, very scary because of the growing divide we're having between those who are vaccinated and those who aren't. And I'm just I'm really curious. What is gonna be interesting, Cliff, I guess there's two parts to this. In the near term, Clearly, those of us who are vaccinated are going to be fine going out publicly and not wearing our masks and everything else. I mean, I'm going to a movie premiere. Uh, An Israeli director friend of mine, movie director, Itan Fox, has a new movie coming out in about a week. Uh, It's opening in or I should say in D.C., at least it's opening in a week. What's the name? uh, Sublet. It looks very good. Um, he, He sent me the preview. It's really cool. But in any case, was going to go with some friends, or am going to go. But I was a little. He asked me if I would go, and I was like, you know, I'm a little nervous about going anywhere publicly. You know, you know, movie theater. So I asked um, Craig Spencer, right? Our- hey, <laughs> so, okay.
0: during a during during a time when we've just had a pandemic, and you get to go to a movie that's uh, by an Israeli producer. It's like, uh, what could be more scary? You're working
1: all of the the per- <laughs> It's true that too. but Yeah, you're no, I mean, working. All,
0: you're working yeah. I know. I'm not saying he's a, he's a good. He's
1: a good lefty, and he's done a lot of. Yeah, I know that, but anti-war saying, movies. But yeah, I know yeah, what you well, mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad yeah. people don't. Tend no, to, no, no, no. I'm, I'm worried about distinctions. I'm worried so.
0: I'm just making the point <laughs> that like you're really working all of the news into this. Yes. Well,
1: <laughs> but I mean, I'm I'm worried about the plague, right? So I contacted Craig Spencer, who we've had on the show, uh, ER doctor in New York, who. Who who goes on CNN a lot to talk about COVID, and it was funny because Craig said, "Oh yeah, you're you know you're fine." He's I said, "You know if I wear a mask, you know should I wear a mask if I'm a little nervous?" And he goes, "You know you no mind you they may require masks." I'm guessing, right. but he said, "You know you can wear a mask if it makes you feel better, but the science doesn't show any benefit."
0: <laughs> Basically, yeah, lately, and he's, what I, and he's been yeah. honest from the beginning. Yeah, what I what I saw something and something that came out that was interesting. It said that um, that we actually. And I was skeptical of it. And again, I always say I trust the scientists in the end because they have studied this and I haven't. But when they were like, oh, yeah, you know, when they suddenly said you don't need a mask anymore if you're you're vaccinated, I was sort of like, well, why? Why? When you're saying we did before, I suspect it's because before they thought not enough people were actually vaccinated and they were trying to, you know, they were trying to get people to a point where more people were and then they saw a stop you know, yeah. kind of at one point, And then in a way, yeah, it, we was to, have the data. it was part of motivating more people to, right. We didn't have data. Yeah. We kept collecting yeah. data. It's kind of like at the beginning of this whole thing a year ago, I was scared to have my son play on a, even though he was masked on a soccer team outdoors. And then once yeah, we got the data, playing, that nobody yeah. catches it outdoors. I'm like, yeah. indoors is the problem. Go play outdoors. Yeah. Um But, but I mean, I, I, we, the data has now shown that, that there's been no no uptick with people who are who are vaccinated not wearing masks. There's been no uptick in in, in fact it keeps going down. Um, and we have had an uptick again in people getting vaccinated. So it seems like that was the right yeah. choice because yeah. it is sad that we have to give people motivations to go and do the right damn thing. But we do. Yeah. Whether it's a lottery here or three hundred dollars per person vaccinated, whatever they're doing in West Virginia. Oh, yeah. I think they're giving guns now in West Virginia too. That one I don't accept.
1: Oh, yeah, you see that? Yeah, guns <laughs> if you vote if I mean, th- th- No, yeah. guns if
0: you you get a vaccine. Don't
1: yeah. die one way, die another. Uh, that, yeah. t-
0: that one I don't accept. But most yeah. finan- but financial incentives here in Ohio, they also did for kids under 18, full ride to college. You yeah. know what I mean? Like Things like that I-, I think are smart. I wish we didn't have to do them. And to me, that's part of the, you don't have to wear a mask. And I-, I feel completely comfortable with that now. So, yeah.
1: yeah. No, you're also, very- isn't D.C. one of the places that's over 70% or am I wrong? I have, uh, I did not see that, but I wouldn't be surprised if DC is doing well. No, that's not true. DC was a little behind before. I don't know where we maybe. are right now. We were surprisingly a little behind. And maybe I maybe because the, the, is, if
0: we're being if we're honest, I mean, the, the black community is a little more hesitant. And again, yeah. as I said before, I get well. They were the reasons now we historically know, right? for that. But but yeah. well, they've had a lot of great. They've had a lot of influencers and people going out and yeah. and, and you know, like every time I watch a a New York Yankees game. There's at least five ads that come on with top doctors and scientists in New York, all of whom are people of color right. and all of whom say, I get why there's hesitancy in our community, but, but it is safe. We've gotten it. Our kids have gotten it who are of age, blah, blah, blah. And I think those kinds of things really help.
1: You know, Now, I have not seen ads in D.C. except that I don't watch the local channels much. right? I'm watching CNN, so maybe they're on the local channels. But I was surprised on a community email list I'm on two days ago, somebody – Joins somebody jumps in, uh, Latino name, which is relevant, uh, and says, "Hey, you know, I'm trying to get my grandparents vaccinated. Does anybody know where, like, where I can go that might have vaccines?" And Cliff, I'm like, "People are vaccinating you now with no reservations at this point. I mean, literally, you don't need an appointment at this point. That's how many vaccines there are, and that's and that's how low demand is, right?" Like uh, George Washington Hospital, I just got an email saying, just, you know, come on over. (laughs) Um, My pharmacy across the street several weeks ago had a two-day wait, meaning meaning like if you went today, they would have appointments available on Saturday, right? The pharmacy in Chicago, same thing. They had appointments in two days. Right now, I think they're just drop-in, and this person didn't even – and a bunch of us weighed in. First of all, several people said, oh, try the CVS. Like even these people didn't quite realize, right? And I weighed in and said – literally anywhere and here's a website vaccines.gov by the federal government that will literally tell you when you plug in your address the stock that every pharmacy near you has and it'll let you register for whichever pharmacy you want like people didn't know about the website but they also didn't even know enough to tell the person literally anywhere rather than they were going oh well i think my cvs has a lot no 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 every cvs has a lot so i i worry a little that that And again, it's hard to say in DC because we've got such sort of national news here. Um, But I worry whether we've done enough advertising of just how pervasive the vaccines are. And frankly, that damn they're everywhere and you can get them.
0: Yeah, I don't. don't There should be more. I mean, again, my opinion on this stuff is that there can never be enough.
1: Yeah, that too. That 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 you honestly
0: can never. And a number of states, and sadly, I'm not among them. I think we've only hit about fifty percent or something in Ohio. I hope we've even hit that. Um, But. I've seen a list of somewhere between a dozen and 15 states, maybe more, that are now above 70%. So that's a step. You can probably Google that. I can Google it right now. Let's
1: see. 70% fully vaccinated?
0: Yeah. Or, well, let's see.
1: Well, it could be. You're right, because if the average is... If the average of full vaccination is now, you're you're right. Seventy percent of adults is from 17
0: hours ago, and it, it, adults in 12 states have re, have received at least one COVID. Vaccine oh, at least dose. one. That's not enough. Yeah. Well, but it's you know better. Everything is better than where we were. Everything must be compared. Because the to... one
1: means a lot of them are going to get their second, which is good.
0: Yeah. Probably, I mean, chances are, and, and I mean, I know there were some people. There was articles on the hesitant who hadn't, you know, yeah. and I think they've been so. Let's yep. see um, where where are the one. I mean, they're the states you'd expect, of course, Vermont. Yeah. You know, um, let's see, Massachusetts, seventy eight point uh, seven percent. Connecticut, one yeah, yeah, Connecticut, seventy five point six, Maine, seventy four point three.
1: Are we further down? Let's see, DC.
0: At least if you yes.
1: we were below yeah. where we. So you guys been.
0: are in the same range, I believe that we're in. Which is not the worst range, but is the thirty-eight to forty six percent range.
1: For one shot?
0: Yes. But trust me, there's two levels below that. There's twenty nine to thirty seven percent, and then there's below twenty nine percent, and there's actually some states in both of those. So I
1: mean imagine being in a state where fewer than thirty percent have only one shot. That's crazy. Yeah, well, see, so this what's gonna so be. So we're
0: in the 38 yeah. to 46 percent range too oh. here in Ohio. Oh. So we have got work to do. But I mean, Jesus Thanks Christ, dude. If Ohio. you if you if you looked yeah. at all these 29 to 37 percent, North Dakota, Wyoming, Idaho, Utah, Tennessee, North Carolina, that one surprised me. South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, yeah. Oklahoma, Missouri. I mean, Ohio and DC suddenly yeah. don't seem so bad. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you <laughs> um, know, what what's gonna be interesting is it's just that. This is what I was going to say earlier. So two stages. Stage one, which is why I was thinking of my movie. A lot of us go out. We're fine. We're vaccinated. And and the public places are still asking for masks. So we're ridiculously safe going to movies and things. The people who are there who don't wear their mask correctly, you know, whose mask fall below their nose yep. and who aren't <laughs> vaccinated, those guys – Well, they're going to run a risk. They're going to run less of a risk because at least those of us there are helping them. But I wonder whether we're not going to see a surge and we're not even going to recognize the surge because guess what's going to happen? The rest of us aren't going to get sick. So the virus numbers go down. Infection rates go down for us. But if infection rates go up at the same time with the non-vaccinated, they'll even out to flat or they could even out to flat depending on the rate of increase and the rate of decrease. So you might not even know like DC for or where pick your state. It, maybe it'll look like well things are pretty flat in Ohio or maybe even going down a bit. Well they may be going down a bit because they're plummeting with people like you who got vaccinated, but they're going up crazily with people who didn't. And so that's the first stage. The second stage is all these idiots are basically incubators for new variants and we run the risk of a new variant, not uh, our vaccines, not working as well on the new variants. And even those of us vaccinated could get sick.
0: So what we should do is actually talk about this in pure, hard sort of statistical fashion. And I'm not going to bring any emotion into this whatsoever. Honestly, the, the, the question will be with a lot of these areas, as far as I understand it will be, will the unvaccinated people, People who refuse to get vaccinated die. I mean, I, I'm not taking joy oh, in this, but I'm just yeah, going to say right, this. Right. At a quicker rate than they create uh, variants that hurt the rest of us. Oh, correct. The, tr- yeah. the truth of the matter is, is that, is that they're going to still be at serious risk. The unvaccinated tend to have, uh, won't shock you, tend to be uh, have uh, less income, less education. They tend to have less healthcare coverage. They tend to have less... Uh, when it, right away, worse, you know, everything, worse eating habits, exercise habits, higher range, higher rate of smoking, this, I mean, all these things correlate. So the truth is, is the the populations most resistant right now are the ones that need it the most. And the question is, I mean, I'm just, again, I'm not saying this with glee. I don't say the wish for people to die. Right. I'm not, you know, as much as I hate, may hate people for doing a bad thing. I don't allow that part of me to, but, but a, a pure realistic thing is, are they just going to? Because are they already people that have diabetes and have this and have that, that they're not in great shape and this thing's going to come along, you know, and faster than they can, you know, incubate, replicate, and create, uh, you know, and create uh, variants, they're just going to drop dead, you know? And I mean, I don't know the answer to that because I'm not a scientist, but but that's the truth of it. Because if if it were different, if it was, I think if you did it randomly, and said randomly 30% have right. not gotten it or 40%, 50%. And, and it was um, people who often were among the most healthy members of society, right. the most, you know, those that took care of themselves and, and got exercise every day and blah, blah, blah. Maybe it's different. But the question here is, you know, I mean, honestly, yeah. is it just going to kill whole swaths of people well, in areas and, that refuse to get it?
1: And again, think of states like yours or even worse, some of the states in the South, like you were saying, because – you know in dc we've still got a lot of us who are vaccinated there's there so that you've got sort of an interesting mix of people we still dilute the virus because a lot of us are vaccinated so even if you're in Correct. a public place or not even a public place wherever you go in these states a lot of people i mean most people aren't vaccinated at all a is the first problem so anywhere these guys go and congregate without their masks inside like they're also proud now they go to church they go everywhere they don't care i mean you're going to have I, mean, I got these churches too my god where they've got these crazy churches with thousands of people in them <laughs> you know what i mean yep. you're going to have thousands of people where pff, you know nobody's vaccinated not even not only nobody but if you've got these states where 20 let's say 25% of people have had one vaccine You've got a better chance that those are Democrats than Republicans who've got the one vaccine. Correct.
0: I mean, I hate to I hate to do this, but I'm just going to sit here and say this. You know, and some of this, some of this is it, it may sound like stereotyping, but it is largely based on I've looked these things up. This is largely based on facts, figures, you know, so, social preferences. The truth of the matter is, is that in some of these rural areas, the unvaccinated, where they, where is it, where is it, they're going to be congregating that in large numbers. Well, John nailed it. Mega churches are one example. Right large concerts, you know, maybe WWE, maybe, right. you know, like country country music, Trump rallies, Trump rallies right? right. But all these kinds of things, they're just going to go back to stadiums. Cause I know, look, I'm, I'm, you know, excuse me. I looked it up. I mean, Guns N' Roses is coming to town. I'm going to go back to seeing my rock and roll, you know, and I'm ready to go. I'm going to go inside. I now, if it's indoors in large stadiums, I'm going to think about that. I may still wear a mask. Um, i have to think about that and i'm going to talk to the craig spencers of the world and other people like that uh, for you know on, on those kinds of things but but you know and i'm not saying there, there'll be some unvaxed people there but what i'm but i'm talking about is is places in certain rural areas where they're below 30% and maybe below 20% and the big mega churches there could be some outbreaks There just are and, yeah. and in those outbreaks, a lot of people, because it's going to be among older, more vulnerable people, are going to die. Right. You know, it may, it may end up leading the numbers to go back – to go further up in terms of what percent of the people who get this thing die from it um, yeah. because who will be left. So I mean, I they'll be there to analyze. I don't yeah. wish it upon them, but I don't, you know. At the same time, as I don't wish it upon them. I, I can't sit here and and have sympathy. I, we've tried everything, nope. and even even financial incentives. Even you can win the fucking lottery okay. here. You can win a million dollars in Ohio just for going and getting something you should be getting anyhow. If that's not enough to motivate you, and you right. choose to to be, you know, not get vaccinated, hanging out at the mega church and the whatever, and you get it. You know, I'm going to be more, I'm going to save my sympathy for people that don't do anything wrong and end up having something horrible.
1: No, we'll see what happens. I just, I, at this point, I just don't understand people not getting vaccines. I I just, and even I, whatever. I mean, people.
0: You can't, John, and I can't, you know, know, because they they, they come from a whole different ecosystem, a whole different belief system, a whole different bubble of information or misinformation, we should say, Um, you know, like that, that's, that's kind of, you know. That's kind of my thing on it, so I don't. Nobody's think...
1: chosen that bubble. I mean, again, this. No, all goes no, I agree. Right. The original because, sin is theirs. Because yeah. there
0: are people that get caught in, get caught in, you know, lefty bubbles too. We hear about that all the time, but this is one of the reasons why. I talk to people. I mean, listen. I will never take right-wing propaganda seriously in the slightest. So not that. But this is why I try to talk to people that have more moderate views than me, more conservative views, but actually believe in government, believe in whatever, all the time. Because I really do try to reevaluate if I, you know, if at times if I just if I get caught caught in a loop of of uh, confirmation bias. I always want to be testing my own theories. And I've changed some opinions on that. Right. You know, mostly. To the left. I mean, you know, right. 15 years ago, I shamefully will admit, um, 15 years ago, probably longer than that, 20 years ago, that I was in favor of the death penalty. I no longer am. and right. not because of all the reasons why, you know, I don't. Th- I, I mean, obviously, being working with the Innocence Project, I know how often we get it wrong and how screwed our system is. But at some level, I had to sit down there and say, Are we going to be a civilized society? And does that mean that you know, when you are taking somebody in to stick a needle in their arm or to put them in an electric chair, and you're not defending yourself, you're kind of committing murder? As awful as that person is, as horrible as they are, it's premeditated, and you're killing them. And that's my opinion, I'm not, you know, and I, and I had to think about whether I think the state should be doing that and how they should be, do, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, even beyond that, yep. there are, you know, there's the, there's innocent people who get caught up in this all the time. If I could tell you the stuff I've seen in my work on the Innocence Project, none of this stuff with Black Lives Matter and the police surprised me in the slightest. I've seen so much shit in the last decade since I've been doing this stuff that I mean it's like having your eyes open to a new reality. so but my point is is that we should all be reevaluating what we believe and in various information and whatever um, all the time but I, and, and even I would put it this way it's better in our bubble than theirs. Our bubble still tends to believe oh, in science yeah. more yeah. and yeah. to believe in in you know reality. And, yeah. you know, we I don't like post- our
1: bubble entirely, but there are our extreme. I don't love their extreme is batshit crazy. Again, what Carvel said, you know, right. our, ex- our extreme still wants us all to get health care. <laughs> and They may not be realistic about how to get done and you they may not, be re- may not
0: be realistic about how to do it. They may not be realistic about messaging it properly and they may screw up and in, 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 in be unrealistic in all sorts of ways. But yeah. it still is a great goal.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, again, our extreme really drives me insane. But but again, it ain't a cult. And it's not trying to get people killed and everything else. In any case, I did find the George P. Bush. It is a beer cozy. I saw it. Yeah, it says George P. Bush for attorney general on one side and the other side has a picture drawn like Wall Street Journal style of Trump shaking George P. Bush's hand. And it has the quote, this is the only Bush that likes me. This is the Bush that got it right. I like him. I mean, it's like, okay, dude, sell out your family because you're a piece of shit, which actually is about as Trumpy as you can get. Right. Selling out your own family. Hey, next thing you know, George P is going to start dating his daughter. You know,
0: oh, God, I mean, the thing about the, the thing, the thing about the Bush family, the one thing I will say that has always been an awful trait in the Bush family is this competitiveness and this sort of we need to, to, to be the leaders of, you know, of American society. Um, George H.W. Bush, I thought, did some good things. I think he also did some bad things. He was the, the he was a moderate when he was elected. Very moderate to the left of a whole bunch of Democrats, frankly. Right. Um, and, and to run with Ronald Reagan in 1980 sold out a lot of his beliefs on budgets and choice and all sorts of things. But, you know, there still was, and, and, and of course, what he allowed to happen in his name with the whole Willie Horton garbage in 88 um, is despicable, you know. And so I'm not saying you're defending, you know, and let's not even talk about putting Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court. Um, but each generation gets worse and gets will more, right. and, and, has, and each generation seems to keep more of that Bush competitiveness to win, but loses the soul. That was originally there. Right. That actually believed in public service, you know. That realized they were privileged members of society. That believed in noblesse oblige, you know. And it becomes more and more that they adhere to this sort of southernized version of raw power.
1: Right. It's
0: the best I can come up with. And George P. I feel like that ha- that's happened uh, to Romney's too. But but you know right. but, but you know Mitt At least took a U turn and would start going back in a better direction. Whereas the next generation, the Ronald McDaniel direction is complete crap, like George B.
1: Right. Yeah, they're all whatever. I'm over these guys. Anyway, all right, let's wrap this baby up. We've got lots of guests coming up. Jeez, I had like we had like a sudden spur of guests. I know and and there, you, you know. booked a bunch and
0: I haven't even been able to book the ones that I want to book yet. That's so not I'm not saying in a bad it. way. I'm just saying like we're now that now that we've got that going on, we're gonna have a shit ton of guests, folks. So yeah, we're glad to got, know that, that uh, you don't like us that much. We've um, got
1: two next week. We've got one the week after and trying to book a second. It's yeah, anyway. And well so, I've got
0: uh, I've got two that are ready to come on. I just haven't yeah. it hasn't been booked for a date yet. So Good.
1: Good. Well, just keep an eye on your. I, I sent you the updates for the. So keep an eye on your calendar for it, folks. But in any case, yeah, we got a lot coming up. This is good. So it's Thursday, um, and of course, oh God, we're heading back to nonstop ninety-degree weather in DC again. I am so Oh, really Cliff. It's going to be like last summer. I swear to God, this entire city was nineties all, or or if it was eighties, it was eighties and like a hundred percent humidity. So it might as well be nineties all freaking summer last year. It's happening again. I just like. Oh, make it stop. It's only beginning of June.
0: <laughs> I don't want to be uh, reflexive. Oh, like it's, the uh, you know, it's climate change. It, climate may be, change. Um, it may be some of that. Be that. Um, it may be all climate change yeah. or it may just suck. I mean, I don't know, John, yeah. you've lived in DC enough years now that, and you I did certainly for life. about eight or yeah. nine years I lived there. And I, you know, again, I, when I lived there uh, up until what, 2008, nine, 10 somewhere, it was pretty It was pretty awful then, as
1: I remember my summers in D.C. (laughs) It was like this in the 80s and 90s, because I remember working on the Hill, late 80s, early 90s. And I'd come to work, and even if I'd leave my jacket at work, right, because you finally learned that. You get to a certain age, and you go, oh, yeah, I can leave my work jackets at work, (laughs) right? In the summer, I would come to work just wearing, and I'd have like a T-shirt, a business shirt, you know, white business shirt, whatever, and, you know, suit pants, and that's it. I would, if anybody who knows DC, right? So I take the subway to Union Station, and then from Union Station I would walk to the Senate Office Building. That was two blocks, so that's it. And the Metro, of course, is air conditioned because this is DC. God, God, you know our Metro has our Metro has carpeting in it. Um,
0: so, oh God, it's so I, much nicer. I, 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 somebody's lived in multiple cities with subways. You know yep. the ranking goes uh, from uh, DC is by far the best. Yeah. Philly well, is just, better. Yeah. Philly is still better than New York. New York.
1: I mean, New York's gotten better, well, but least uh, so, But it's well, a New Yorker friend is the one who said it. They go, "Your subway has carpeting." I said, "What do you mean? The, the cars have carpeting in them?" I said, "Oh, yeah, I guess." <laughs>
0: Dude, trust me when I tell you that the lack of graffiti, the perfectly uh, uh, the, the air conditioning, not just on the the subway cars but in the stations. Yep. And the uh, yeah, and, that's true
1: too. You're right. The, and the carpeting
0: yeah. were three things yeah. that I noticed yeah. immediately because I moved straight from New York to DC in 2000. Yeah, yeah. Actually, late 99. We'll yeah, be yeah.
1: So, but anyway, so back then, so I get to work, and I remember somebody at work goes, looks at me, dripping wet in my work clothes, and goes, "Oh my God, you walked to work today?" And I said, "No, I walked from Union Station, <laughs> like two blocks." And this uh, is nine. And mind you, this is nine o'clock in the morning when you'd think the temperature is better. This city was. It was vile back then. It was 90s all summer. And last summer was this way. And I fear it's happening again. And I'm just like oh.
0: some some stories, you know, some piece of things in life stick with you. I'll say quickly, viscerally, when I graduated from college, um, I went home to New York. You know, I didn't know what I want to do with my life because I thought I'd want to go to law school all through. And then I decided I don't know if I want to go to law school. And I want to get some experience first doing something. And you'll laugh. I mean, I think I've told you this before, John. I had all these friends because I went to an undergrad with a very good business school who were working, you know, in Wall Street. So I'm like, let's try that. So I got a job on Wall Street at at Lehman Brothers, which I like to brag that I took down, which I didn't because I left long before, (laughs) but it's fun to say. Um, And it was the mid-90s we're talking about here. And um, I will never forget. So that was before New York even had attempted to make the stations have air conditioning. Like now at least they have it, it's just they're so old it's not always evenly distributed. It's like living in an old house, right? They're trying to take something that's a hundred and a half or many years old and make it, but they weren't even trying then. And sometimes the cars, they would break down. So I had to go from where I lived in the East 20s to go to people, some New Yorkers know this where people live in New York, to Union Station and and, and uh, I'd do it first on the east side of 14th Street, go across to Union Station and then go down to Wall Street um, and I would every morning get up, jump in the shower, do that. It was Wall Street. You have to wear a suit and tie, nothing less. It's maybe changed these days, but not back then. And by the time I got there to to, to Bowling Green Station, um, a block or two from where I worked, I was literally covered in sweat. It was like I had bathed in my own sweat that summer. And I was, and then I would go into an office and have to like talk to people. I'm like, this is absolutely fucking disgusting. Why do I even shower in the morning?
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, nasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So we should go. The last thing I will say, and I know (gasps) we do this a lot, but uh, but this is so funny. I mean, it's not funny. It's actually really tragic, but you're still a, a comedy to this what cowards Republicans are. Did you see the thing about Representative Mo Brooks? You know, remember he oh, big oh, tough yes. guy oh, from yes. Alabama hey, yeah, calling yeah, yeah, yeah. for the insurrection, yep. who's yep, so one yep. of the people that, that if we have a working system, which I don't know if we do still, should be held directly responsible for inciting riot and should be tried. So I'm certain certainly kicked out of Congress eventually by a court of law, although maybe he can serve while he's in prison, which I'm okay with if that's what Alabama wants. In any case, um uh one of the few Democrats who does what John and I scream and yell about on this show and think there should be more. Of, Representative Eric Swalwell, who we've actually had on the show. Funny, right. the best Democrats at messaging we've had on this show, Ted Lieu, Eric Swalwell, right? What's his right. name? Uh, Representative Torres, who's very good too. Um, so he, he filed a lawsuit against Brooks for the insurrection. Right. And whether he has standing, I don't know. But you know, Republicans never think about that stuff. They go right. forward because they get it that it's going to be covered in the news and it's going to make Brooks look bad, right? right? And right. Brooks – has, has been hiding out so much so he can avoid being served with papers um, that Swallowell has apparently even hired a private investigator to find him, this yeah. traitor who's such a tough guy that he can stand yeah. up in front of his insurrectionists no, no, no sorry, his domestic terrorists right outside and, get, and incite them to go and attack and murder officers and stab them in the eyes and all this stuff on the Capitol. But when yeah. it comes to actually showing up in court and defending himself, oh, the poor little guy, he's hiding. Like the coward that he is. Yep, Snowflake. If that's if there's not a metaphor in there for who these people are, I'm not yep. sure where.
1: Snowflake. All right, guys. Let's wrap it, Cliff. Um, we yep, will talk to you Tuesday. Ready? Yeah, I
0: got nothing else from the fuck off parrot today, so we're just going to okay.
1: go. Okay, fuck off. <laughs> Take care, okay. folks.